What's up, everybody? Greg Chapman back again with another edition of the Gentleman Gorilla Small Business Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special man who I have found in just a short time that we've known each other to be very inspiring and motivated and a very talented leader in the small business and sports community. He is the author of the Hitter's Black Book that helps people get in the mindset, the proper mindset for winning, not just in sports, but in everything that you do in life. Hi, Diamond Hall. Can you please introduce yourself to everybody that's listening? Uh, well, first, I appreciate you having me, Greg. Uh, dude, how, how, how things happen and how things work and the connections that we make are so, are so incredible. We just started, uh, what, was that two weeks ago we were on Clubhouse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we just met a couple weeks ago. Yep. So, uh, so for me, I appreciate you, man. I seriously do. Uh, thank you for everything that you do within the uh, within the industry that you're in. Um, you know, the impact is you know you can see it from the outside looking in. Oh, thank you very much. That means a lot to me. It's uh, I'm sure as you know, um, it's a it's a long uh, drudging walk uphill sometimes where you kind of feel alone. You don't really know if what you're doing is not only having an effect on your life's outcome, but the people's lives outcomes that you're trying to work with around you. So it's definitely, you know, something that I think more people need to be able to share and hear from each other. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So kind of to give you guys who are watching right now and um, my backstory, I mean, just the quick one, I started playing baseball when I was 14. Then I, then I went into the, uh, into, into right state, as the first mental game development coordinator there. Then I went to the director of peak performance there. And then like while I was there doing the mental conditioning for baseball players, I recognized that, you know, only, only giving that value to 35 players and and a staff of five, I felt like I was doing myself a disservice and then people around the world a disservice considering the results that we were getting from the things that we were putting on the table. Right. So while I was there, I kind of had to have this battle with myself knowing that because that was something that was weighing really, really heavy on my shoulders. And I ended up making the decision. I made a decision. I made a choice to get started in business. So I chose to, I chose to learn from quite a few people, people I look up to. And, uh, you know, I got myself a mentor, created an online course, created a book. Um, and then, you know, now I'm somewhat teaching, somewhat teaching other entrepreneurs who are incredibly driven to, you know, get those 10K months that I was able to achieve throughout that time period. And I think um, one of the biggest things as people in business, and if you're here and you're just getting started or you, if you haven't gotten started yet, what we have to understand is that every single one of us has a gift. Every single one of us has a message. And there's someone out there, one person, two people, three people, probably even more who can learn from you and who will be willing to pay you for what you do. The first thing is just getting started, though. Nice. Yeah. So speaking of getting started, so you kind of mentioned, um, so you were just coaching basically for just one team, one organization. Yep. And so you had this realization that you could be doing more, that you had more power than you were using. And then so then you went and you learned how to basically build an online business. So I know for a lot of people, even people that are familiar with online businesses, like that's a very daunting task. It's a big hill to climb. It's a lot to learn, a lot of moving parts. So I'm really curious, what did you do for yourself? Like kind of when you were getting started, when you realized that, like, how did you just jump in? Like what, what was your process? It, 
it was a time, it was like a time frame where, like I said before, I was like having this battle with myself. And to be honest with you, I didn't know at, when I was having this battle with myself, and I'd say it was about six, seven months where I was going back and forth, just like, should I do this? Should I not do this? I don't really know the how. I don't really know, you know, how I'm going to be able to do this, but I know it's possible because I see so many other people doing it online. And so for me, how I got started was just like committing and getting to that place where I made a decision and got to that decision point and said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I think that's the number one thing that we can do when we know we have something to give that could help other people's lives, that could help other people in their relationships, their business, you know, their, uh, you know, you know, their bodies, um, their minds. When we have something to give a value, we have to remember that all of us are leaders, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. Every single last human being on this planet is a leader in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And when we take on that leadership role, we put ourselves in a position to serve, become a servant leader. And so I think the, the, the biggest thing was just making that decision, making that decision in my mind that I'm going to do this. I don't know the how. I don't know the steps that it's going to take in order to actually make this work. But I know I have to do this because there are people out there who need what I have and they could benefit from what I know. And so I had to turn you know, my mess into my message. I had to turn my knowledge into, into a course, into a book, um, so that people can get, you know, get the results that they were looking for in their lives that maybe they hadn't, they hadn't gotten before or, or had someone share with them before, right? So I think the biggest thing is just that decision point. It's all about that decision point and just saying in your mind and committing to it. Just making the commitment that you're just gonna do it without even knowing the how. Mm -hmm. Because there's, I mean, there are so many hows that I don't even know yet, and I'm still in business, but it's like at every level that's, that's going to happen. And what we have to do is we have to get comfortable. We have to get comfortable with not knowing what's going to come next. We have to get comfortable not knowing what this next 90 days is going to look like. And we can anticipate, but, you know, so many different things happen. Think about last year, whenever, whenever COVID hit, that hurt so many people's businesses. They didn't know that was coming. Mm -hmm. They had a whole 90 day, you know, you know what I mean? So it's just... It's just a matter of making that decision, man. That's the biggest piece of advice that I can give. And that's how I got started. I just made the decision in my mind. I committed in my mind. And then here we are. I figured it out as we went. You know, shit, you're a good motivational speaker. I want to sit here and just let you preach to me for the next hour. <laughs> I know I'll feel better coming out of it because of it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. It's absolutely just setting your mind in stone and saying, I'm going to do this because it's, uh, I don't know if you ever read the book, uh, Ready, Fire, Aim. Um, so <laughs> definitely, definitely write that book. It's a great book. So it's basically all about how, because, you know, Ready, Aim, Fire in business, it's, that's kind of falling into the trap of always trying to be ready before you start being like, as soon as I'm able to do this, I'll be able to get started. As soon as I'm able to have this, I'll be able to get started. When in reality, it's just, you got to get started and then you figure out how to do these things along the way because the problems are going to come no matter what. If, if you're, you know, working every day towards your goal and you're, you know, making accomplishments and getting ground, you're going to have problems. If you're sitting on your ass every day or just doing your job, like, you know, whatever, you've got a job, you're mildly successful. You might be like, you know, whatever, there's a job. It's not really for me. You're still going to have a bunch of problems every day to take care of. So it's really just choosing which problems do you want? Do you want the problems that you have to solve to just kind of make it in life or the problems that you have to solve for other people to make them successful? Or do you want to be the person that's solving the problems for yourself to elevate your own life? 
Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That ready, <laughs> fire, aim, that reminds me of something that I tell everyone who I work with. And it's, it's essentially about becoming more, doing more, and then having more. One thing that you said is that typically, I mean, I know every, everybody who I've ever come across, like we, we initially have this thought of like, oh man, once I have this, then I'll be able to be this, and then I'll be able to do this. Mm-hmm. But it's the complete opposite. We have to become more, which gives us the capacity to do more. And when we do more, then we're able to achieve that end result and have more. And when I share this, I have people consider one thing. It's not actually about the have. Like, that's just like the, that's just like the end thing. That's the achievement. The, the, the progress and the success and the joy is going to be found within the being and in the doing. The process is about the process, not the outcome. Yeah, I like what you said about um, like just having, you know, like when you, I think a big shift that's happening right now, and I think a big problem that's been scaring so much of American society off of, you know, becoming their own leaders in their own life is this have mentality coming from, you know, basically the peak of our old society in the 90s, the materialistic society that if you have the right clothes, if you have the right car, if you have the right house, then you'll have the right family and you'll have the success. And people, I think the the idea of these things of having, people think that these are the goals where in reality, the things that you have should be the tools that you're building on. So you need to continue to build. And basically what you're doing is being like, all right, so I need this in order to get to the next level. So how do I continue to work to get this thing that I can have so that then I can use it to continue to build more? So I think that, I think especially after last year, like we've seen, there's, there's basically someone just, you know, like when you're in a classroom, the teacher flicks lights, like everybody shut up and pay attention. I think that's kind of what happened last year to the world was like, hey guys, guess what? all this shit that you thought mattered and was going to get you places isn't anymore. Yep. And so I think in a way we're lucky that it's kind of almost like wipe. I, like I was predicting kind of the next 10 or 15 years to take to kind of get rid of this mindset, like um, generational change, but it just happens in a year and like everybody got leapfrogged forward. And I think that now, especially people such as yourself kind of being like, Hey guys, this is what you do with your newfound, um, I guess, self-awareness. Yep. And, and what it did was, I think what it did was it put us in a place of understanding how grateful that we have to be for what we have in order to move forward. And then it put us in a place where, you know, most people have to pivot. Mm-hmm. Get creative. Most, yep, they had to get creative and they weren't planning on getting creative. They were planning on, the, they were planning on sticking to the plan that they had had. But that's the fun. That's the fun about life. That's the fun about entrepreneurship. That's the fun um, inside of the world that we live in is that, you know, we have to learn how to take these things as they come and, and, and adjust and make the adjustments and like be like water, like Bruce Lee said, right? Mm-hmm. You know, be, be, be flexible, but still be firm. Um, and believe in ourselves. I think that's what, ta- that's what it taught so many people last year was how can I believe in myself even though I don't know what's, what's to come. But when we can put ourselves in that place and say, you know what? Again, I've just got to figure out, figure out a way 
to come up with something so that I can make progress and still serve and add, add and contribute to the people who are out to the people who are out there, you know, um, it's, it's done so many incredible things. Now, obviously, you know, you got the people who were like last year was, was like sucked. It was terrible. But I honestly believe that when things like that happen, it gives us the opportunity to go within mm. like every journey and everything that comes up, it allows us to have this journey of going within so that we can then become who we can actually be and become who the, you know, become the potential uh, that we actually have inside of us. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's exactly right. It's a, uh, it's a escalation principle. Mm. It's uh, how much pain can you withstand and know that you can come out the other side. Um, it's kind of, um, it's like boot camp. bring in a bunch of fresh faced kids don't know what's up. And after 13 weeks, those kids walk out Marines, like they're tough as nails. And they know that they can handle a lot of shit. They know that their bodies are tougher. They know that their minds are tougher. And they know that um, the more that they put themselves through, the more they'll be able to accomplish. Yep. And I think that, that is, it's, that's an extreme example for the everyday person. But I think that that's something that everybody goes through. It's like, you know, all right, you lost your job. You didn't get any income for a while. You've got some bills stacking up. And then you figure out how to get another job and how to take it all back. And by the time you get through that, you're just a little bit better. Whether or not you realize that that's what's happening or not, you got better at life. You figured out a problem and moved on. Yep. And so I think that that's just kind of everything in life. You just figure out that you're more capable than you thought you were. Absolutely. One of the things that stuck out to me when you were, when you were talking about that just now is this quote. From, from Steve Jobs. I don't want to butcher it, but it said something along the lines of when you're looking forward, you can see the dots, like the dots are there, but you can't necessarily connect them until you look back. Mm -hmm. And like, we're having this conversation now, but we can connect the dots and, and share these things now. But during that time frame, for so many people, they knew the dots were there, but they didn't know how they were going to connect the dots. And that's the, I think it was what Ray Dalio who said, pain plus reflection equals progress. One of my favorite things to do, Greg, is literally look back at my mistakes, look back at the adversity that I faced, look back at the wounds that I've had to, uh, that I've had to experience, right? And then extract lessons from those and then share those lessons with people who need and who could possibly benefit from those lessons. Because there are so many different things that we go through in life. And, and, and another thing is that I don't think people recognize um, you know, how similar we really are, how alike we really are, how, 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 how the pain that we experience is very similar to one another. You know, so much division um, can take place during times like last year in a pandemic like this, but what we fail to recognize is that we're all so, so similar in so many different ways. Yeah, that's one thing I've realized. The more people I meet, the more I realize that human beings really aren't that complicated. I think that um, people, people fear the idea that everybody else knows more and is capable of more mm. or has more abilities to do things. But in reality, like we're all the same animal. The only things that are different in our personalities are because of the different ways that, you know, the different traumas that shape us as children 
growing up, you know, like, all right, which individual hurdles do you have to get over? And also it turns out there's not that many different variations of traumas that can happen to people. Like the, the world just as crazy and complex as it is, it's really very pretty simple. Um, you've got some different forms of violence, some different forms of neglect, and that's about it. Like there's, there's not that much that can happen to people really in this world. Yeah. And so I think that when you understand that the problems that everyone faces are all basically the same problems, just repeating themselves over and over and over and just wearing a different mask, then they become less terrifying and easier to understand. Couldn't agree more. I can't even add to that. That's, that was beautifully said. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah um i guess so i've been holding on to a thought you mentioned something in your first statement about how we affect everybody's lives around us without even realizing it um and i think that i think that that's something that's very powerful i think that um and it goes back to we're all the same person basically just in wearing different masks and trying to figure it out but we are all just the sum of everything that happens to us from around us. So um, if you think about how everybody around you affects your day, then you, and it comes from um, learning not to be selfish, I guess. And then you under, start to understand that your actions have just as powerful effect as everybody around you. So if you want everybody around you to, have a better life to be happier to be more successful all you have to do is act that way towards people mm. people are mirrors and they will start to reflect that back on you yeah um, and that's like you were talking about being a servant leader um, and how the best way to build organizations teams people around you is to give them as much as you can give them what they need to be happy and successful and it will turn around on you and also make you happy and successful and then beyond that you know you've got everybody that they're touching in their lives that you don't even know about so how far does your reach really go how many layers deep does it go just by you for one day giving somebody everything that they need in order to be successful and happy in that one day man I, I don't think i don't think we actually ever will know um it's just a matter of continuing to stay and doing and giving and being kind you know being being the best version of yourself that you can possibly be so that you can give to others and then like i mean for example um with what you just shared one thing that came to mind for me there's a conversation i actually had a few months ago um around someone who messaged me inside of inside of Instagram inside of my DMs and they had said they had been following me for five years and they had just thanked me a few months ago for me what that said was that wow there are people out there who are watching you and they're not even saying anything they're not even saying anything they're just taking it in and consuming they may not reach out but what that let me know was that that responsibility and that these actions, these decisions 
to just give, to just share, to just add value, to just contribute. It could be impacting somebody's life who's not even saying anything, who's watching you. So the dynamics of social media is such a massive thing that I think that it's incomprehensible to almost everybody on this planet. It's yeah. such a new thing. Um, I think that a lot of people kind of feel like social media is kind of like a been there, done that already. But in reality, it's really truly just in its infancy. And we're really truly just starting to see the effects that it has on the global population and mm. how it allows people to share ideas and connect with people. And I think that kind of going on that, like you never know who's watching. Like 20 years ago, unless you were on a TV or in a movie or had a national book, like, you know, you, your message was not getting out. Like the yep. messages were very selected. They were very um, contrived and shaped by people that wanted specific messages to be reaching everybody's ears and eyes. Yep. Now there's no more gatekeepers. There's, they're all been taken away. And so if you've got what you, what you mentioned earlier, consistency in your message, then you're just going to keep growing because that is the beauty of social media is people will find you. People like people like themselves. And mm -hmm. so all you have to do is be consistent and your message will continue to reach more and more and more and more people and you will gain your own influence. There's nobody there telling you you can't do that anymore. Unless you're trying to sell sex on Instagram. They shut that shit down. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. It's so true. It's so true, Greg. Um, I was watching a, I was watching a, uh, an interview where this guy, he was talking about, are our human beings designed to have like 17,000 followers, 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers? Um, and he was talking about, and just having a conversation, just an open conversation around whether or not we can really fathom the impact that we have and whether or not we can really fathom like if how did he explain it like how did he explain this not i remember the example he gave he gave an example about like um, about tribes and how they used to have their own their own uh, you know, their own, their own, like, uh, not neighborhoods, but what tribes used to have their own little thing. And they, they only had so many people within those. Right. And he was just having this conversation around like, is, is, is social media like hurting us or is it helping us? Can we actually fathom the impact that we have? And I think for me, when I look at social media, when I look at social media, I had to kind of reframe this a few years ago in my mind. Because at first it was like, oh, like the, the, the trap that a lot of people fall into whenever, you know, a video goes viral and a lot of followers, uh, you know, start coming in. Like it used to be about the followers. But now for me, you know, it's the practice of not focusing on the followers, but focusing on like there's one person out there who may hear this message and it might change their life. The followers are a bonus. 
the followers are just a bonus because because here's the truth. Like there are people out there who are making even more of an impact than me with less followers than I have. There are people out there who I'm making, I'm making more of an impact than them and they have 100,000 followers, right? Like it's, it's just a matter of focusing on the impact and focusing on what it can do for the person who's on the other side of the screen. And once I reframed that in my mind, like I didn't care about like, oh, what do I look like on social media? Oh, what are people saying about me on social media? Are people gonna talk shit about me on social media? Oh man, like this, this, and like all of those things went out the window when I simply started focusing on, like if I can impact one person a day, like share a message that can pour positivity into one person a day, then that is success on social media. Because at the end of the day, it's just like money. Yep. Like we're not going to be able to take our followers to the grave, which a lot of people, you know, they're, they're, they're operating as though we will be able to, but we're not going to be able to take followers to, to, to our grave. What happens when we die is that, you know, our legacy is going to be left through the people who we've impacted. And I've had this conversation with so many different people and some people have listened, some people haven't, but I've found that when you focus on just like giving, sharing that impact and pouring into people who are on the other side of the screen, just focusing on one person, not hundreds, not 200, not 300, not 400, not 500, just one person, one person a day. That is success on social media. Even if you have something to sell and like, you, and like nobody buys your stuff or somebody does buy your stuff, like it, that doesn't matter either. It's just a matter of impacting one person a day. That's how I've reframed it in my mind. It's, it, it's helped immensely with how I go about operating on social media and what I consume and then what I create. I think that's smart. It's, uh, I think a lot of people have this idea that in order to lead a purposeful and impactful life, especially when it comes to the digital age and uh, social media, that you need to have tens of thousands of followers and that you need to be active every day. But what you just said is 100% correct. It's how many people can you really truly affect? Um, I think a lot of people compare themselves to what big businesses and corporations can do and these big influencers. And I can tell you that from my personal experience, a lot of these big influencers that you see um, like doing the big webinars and putting out lots of super helpful content and just on it like every day like the one thing that they never show you is their 10 person team behind them that's yep. doing almost everything for them and they yep. but the only way that they got to have that 10 person team is because they made the impact one person at a time they spent five ten years being dark before everybody saw them Yep. And um, I can give a specific example. Um, her name, uh, Amy Porterfield. She's a super, super terrific, amazing social media personality that teaches people basically how to do online courses. Yeah. And so I was hired to go and um, film like a behind the scenes of a really big like webinar sell day. Yeah. And like she had her whole team there. They did like $7 million in sales while I was there filming for a few hours. And she was just set up in her living room. I mean, this is during quarantine. So everything was just wherever you could yeah. do it. But yeah, she was set up in her living room. She had a full live 
broadcasts, everything set up, professional teams, people running the social medias, people following up with people that are signing up, getting them to buy this multiple thousand dollar course. Yes. And so like, that's what people don't see is that people only see her and think that like, oh, this lady is just superhuman. Like there's no way I can be ever be with her. But in reality, like just talking to her, like she wasn't doing anything that other people aren't doing. She just has been doing it for so long that she's more efficient. She's a team that's making sure that it's efficient running like a business. And, you know, props to her. Like she's fucking crushing. But she's also like super sweet and down to earth. Like meeting her, like it was great. Like she is the person that she's selling. But I think if people can understand that, that there's so much more behind it, especially on social media, then I think that that will help break down a lot of the barriers. It will. Because I think one of the things that you just shared is that, you know, people comparing. I know this has happened a lot for me. People ask me like, Diamond, how did you get so many followers? Why did you, you know, how did you blow up on Instagram? How did you blow up on, 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 on Twitter? Like, like a few years ago, that's where it all started for me. Whenever I made like a few viral videos, I got like, like uh, you know, a few million, a uh, few million views. And when I think about that video and the, those specific series of videos, like I wasn't trying to get a ton of views. I wasn't trying to get a bunch of followers. I was just simply trying to share with the baseball community, something that they needed to know about mindset that I knew would help them. Right. And then everything happened organically. And so many people reach out and say, how did you get so many followers? And when I hear that question, that lets me know that they, they, they might not be ready to actually have, you know, this amount of followers, because it's actually, for me, I look at it as a responsibility. Like this is a, this is 17,000, 17,000 people. If people have a hundred thousand followers, that's a hundred thousand people that are looking to you and following you because you add value to their life. And so what it means is that, that we have to be you know, we have to look at ourselves as leaders and take that responsibility and not just like, oh, yeah, I've got this amount of followers, but we have to put ourselves in a position to where we understand that these amount of people are here for a reason. Why are they here? They're probably here to hear your message. What does that mean? As a leader, we continue sharing that message. And then also, as we grow inside of our businesses, whether you're an influencer, whether you're not an influencer, like I do think that model is incredibly valuable, valuable of having a team behind you who can produce, um, you know, you know, different amounts of content everywhere so that you are getting your message out to so many, you know, a ton of people. I think the perfect example is Gary Vee. Gary Vee talks mm-hmm. about it all the time. One thing I think he makes the mistake of is talking to people who aren't on his level and tells, he tells them, like, you've got to be posting every day. You've got to be distributing like 35 pieces of content, not giving them. And I've seen this happen sometimes, sometimes it hasn't. But, but sometimes he, he doesn't give the context of, hey, like, look, I have a whole team who does this. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I have a whole team who does this. This is our model. We go through the pillar content and then we break it down into little pieces. But I have a whole team. But it's interesting, even when you, when you hear his story, just like you said, like he started off just giving, just giving, just giving, just giving, just giving. And then it grew into that. Mm-hmm. I think the foundation of any, any kind of impact that's really, really big, it has to start with that one person who's there to actually give out of a place of love, out of a place of kindness, out of a place of knowledge, out of a place of wisdom, and just sharing something over and over and over again and not being afraid to share the same thing over and over again. Like I've been talking about the same stuff for what, four, five, six years on social media. And everything that I'm going to continue talking about within business is going to be the same principles, the same concepts. 
Why? Because I know that it actually adds value to people. And it actually gets people to create change in their life. But that started from a place of me just giving. Mm -hmm. It didn't start from a place where I've seen some people go down this route. I want to get this amount of followers so then I can sell something. I want to get this amount of followers so then like, I can say I have a ton of followers. That's not what it's about at all. It's about impact. It's about impact. It's about contribution. And the reason why I'm so passionate about impact and contribution is because it fulfills me at such a deep level that I can't even express. Like I truly can. When I walk away from a conversation with someone, when I walk away from a, um, um, you know, from a training and I get that message afterwards saying, man, when you said this, this, and this, like that really helped me. That really changed my life. I'm going to start doing that consistently. For me, that is what we are here on this planet to do. Whether we're in business or not, we're here to add value to those who we're around in whatever way, shape, form, or fashion that we can. Now, sometimes you're going to add value to people and they don't want to, they're not at the place where they can receive that value. They don't want to receive that value. They might be resistant to it. And that's okay. That means that those aren't the people who you want to add value to. Those aren't the people who need to hear your message. You want to focus on the people who are swimming towards you. And this, which reminds me about, it reminds me of a story. I forget this guy's name. He passed away a few years ago, but he was telling a story about how he interviewed, <clears throat> he interviewed a guy within the Navy SEALs. And he was talking about how they, you know, how they went about their work. And he shared an example of, um, of when they went on this like secret mission. And the mission was to go in, save these people who were stranded on this ship in the middle of the ocean and get out of there. Okay. So as they're on this helicopter flying over the ocean, they're looking for this ship, they're looking for this people, for these people, um, and they finally find the people. And they're all like swimming in the ocean like a bunch of ants, no ship. So they got tossed overboard, okay? And, and he said that while they were like coming down on the helicopter to save these people, there were three kinds of people. There was the group of people that were swimming away for whatever reason. There were the group of people who were like doggy paddling, like going like this, hey, come, come, come save me. And then there were the people who were swimming towards the helicopter. Guess who they saved? People swimming towards the helicopter. People swimming towards them. And I think for me, whenever I heard this story and he shared it so well, the message was stop focusing on the people who are swimming away from you. Stop focusing on the people who are doggy paddling. They might eventually come back around and start swimming towards the helicopter and what you have to give. But for right now, focus on those who are swimming towards you. And when you do that, not only will it be fulfilling, but they'll be saying, thank you. And they'll be sharing what you did for them with everyone else. Like, that's what this is about. I wish I could remember the guy's name who told that story, but it was, it absolutely changed my perception around who I focus on giving to and who I don't. Yeah, I, I wanna hear that story now. Um, I'm sure, really cool. you know, coming from the mouth of the man that did it and, you know, there's something about being the person that experiences because mm -hmm. our words are only capable of presenting so much of our mind and our process. 
um, like our, our ability to communicate is so inept in so many ways. And because not only is it the choice of words and the inflections and the emotion that I put behind them on my side, it's even more so. I think they say like 90% of communication is in the receival. So it's not just what I say, it's how do you receive it? And then even beyond how do you receive it, um, just on the front end, like did he sound angry? Did he sound inspiring? Did he sound kind? Then even past that, it's how does what did I say mix with every other thing that you've felt and experienced in your life? So it's Mm -hmm. not just how did you receive what I said? It's what did it mean to you based upon the experiences that you've had? So how can you ever in any way really truly predict what anything you ever say is ever going to affect? Because you are not the person that decides what your words mean to other people. You are just not. Like 0% of what you say is your decision in how people receive it. And so it's just like that. It's, it's like you said, the people swimming towards you. Because those often, people... Yeah, back, Greg. Say what? Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but how, how often do you think that holds people back? Like predicting whether or not something's going to, whether something's going to land with Almost, almost every time, like almost, I think almost every person in almost every situation is always, um, I think it comes from a point of, um, what is it, uh, unintentional selfishness, because at the end of the day, every human being, every animal on this planet is 100% selfish towards their own dreams, desires, goals. Even if your goal is to help other people, you still need to do everything that you need to do for yourself first in order to be able to help other people. Yes. So your, your goals, you might be manipulating and contriving with other people around you to do good things. Like those words have bad connotations, but everything that we do is a manipulation of other people to try to get what we want in life. Every Mm. single action that we take around other people is some form of an intentional manipulation whether or not we know that we're doing it wow i never heard playing like that yeah what what made me think of was this was this quote from kobe Bryant. he said something along the lines of like um oh how did he say it he said you have to be selfish at some level he was talking about his team he's like you have to be selfish at some level but not to the point where it affects the the energy of the group and the goal of the group. It's so interesting to think about. Yeah, it's, um, oh, what is the guy's name? I just saw, he just popped up the other day because of everyone calling the comparison between like Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. And then um, the guy from the Celtics that has 11 rings. Um, Bill Russell. Bill Russell. And so like they've, like his numbers were everywhere. And he only averaged like, 10 something points a game but he also averaged 22 and a half rebounds for his career mm-hmm. like which goes overlooked way overlooked yeah and if you think about going up for a rebound being in the paint against a bunch of other gigantic human beings that also <laughs> want that ball you have to be more than 100 selfish you got to be throwing bows you got to be edging your way in like you got to fight for that 
But also getting that rebound is also one of the most selfless things that you can do for your team because you're putting your body on the line against these other monster human beings to get that ball back for your team and then immediately pass it to somebody else. Like when, unless you're, unless you're just putting a put back in, like when, when have you ever seen anybody take the ball and then when they have four people around them and they try and keep it and dribble it, like that's not good basketball. Like you have to be a hundred percent selfish to be a hundred percent unselfish. Wow. A hundred percent selfish. You've got to, whoa, that's, that's a quote card on Instagram right there. You've got to put that up. Greg Chapman. That was good. That's good right there. The best thing we can do is I can literally take this straight from the podcast. So it goes back to the uh, Gary V create 64 pieces of content. Right. Um, so a little bit about my background. So I've been doing um, like photo and video and uh, all of that content creation yeah. um, for a few years. And so um, up until about, about a year and a half ago, when the algorithms all changed, it was literally about who can put out the most content the most frequently. And creating content for businesses is very expensive. So I would create systems, um, basically crowdsource systems with um, like centralized file, sent- file sharing and storage so that yeah. multiple people can contribute to the process. Um, thus like driving down costs and so um shit i don't even remember the point i was going with on this but totally spacing right now i can pick up man like i I can like everyone who's watching right now systems are one of the most valuable things that you can have inside of your business processes and systems are things that people overlook and maybe you know i know i had to get to a place where i considered um where I had to consider and then I had to learn like how to build systems on the back end. And then when you build those systems, I don't know if you've ever read principles, Greg, or if any of you have ever read principles, he talks about, um, Ray Dalio talks about how valuable systems are because people sometimes, you know, in your business, you know, they do come and they do come and they go, which is okay. It's not easy. Uh, It's a tough part about business, but also when you have those systems in place, especially with what you're talking about right now, Greg, with, uh, you know, with creating content, it allows, you know, people to step in and then, okay, like you do this, this, and this, and the system is already laid out to where, you know, that content can still be curated and that content can still be broken down into little pieces. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, there it is. Getting back to the Gary V 64. So basically it's um, what it is now is you're able to create these long form pieces of content which is what everybody online loves. So like your YouTube videos, your Spotify podcasts, all of this stuff, you create an hour long piece of content and you can easily take that one piece of content um, and break it down into 10, 20 pieces of highly valuable content. Yes. If anyone wants, email me. I've got a whole guide that I put together on how to do that. Um, But to get back to it. So like this, like we were talking like that, you're like, you need to make that a quote. It's already a quote. I just need to edit it out. Yep. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's the there. Well, so what do you think? Let me ask you this, Greg. What do you think the, the resistance is to people that you've come across who haven't, you know, who've known that's what they need to do, but they haven't, they haven't pushed themselves over the edge or they haven't like committed to it yet. What I think, seen? I think it's getting back to the ready, fire, aim. I think that it's overwhelming. Yeah. And it's I being think, okay with going through that overwhelm. 
I think it's just overwhelming because of the amount of things that you can do with it and the places that you can put it. So I think that it just looks like such a mountain when you need to do it. So first of all, like to do this podcast, like we're doing this, I'm literally just on my laptop with a webcam and then like, yeah. And then like, this is, this is just going to go to audio. Um, Like I hate, I don't think that the video aspects of going online is any sort of a benefit based upon what we know about people's viewership abilities. Really? Um, Yeah. Tell me more about this. So it's not visually appealing watching podcasts on Zoom. It's just not. Like Mm -hmm. the the podcasts that I have up on YouTube, those I film in my studio, like with guests. Um, And yeah, and so those ones, like it's more visually appealing. You get to see us interacting with each other. Like it's a whole different aspect. But these, these online like zoom or going on facebook they just aren't received very well and i was able to look at that and look at the actual analytics on the back and be able to see like how long people are watching these and there was a drastic difference between um like the zooms and online recordings versus the ones that are filmed in person wow so it's just not even worth it for me to drop like these online ones on youtube versus like i could just as easily um, cause a lot of people, like I listen to a lot of things on YouTube, but what I'm going to do is instead of just this, I'm literally probably going to take a picture of you. That's really cool and put it on there just as a constant. And then there's just audio in the background. And so you're getting the same effect, but people will see it and they'll know that there's nothing to watch. Right. And then they so, can go. Yeah. Gotcha. So like th- knowing things like that, like that took, I was at probably the 50 podcast mark before I figured that out. Really? You know, yeah. And I, hope, uh, I'm, I know I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna start uh, taking that into consideration. I hope for all of you who are listening to this, you've been taking notes, especially with that right there. I mean, if you're somebody who's a, um, you know, who produces content and who thinks that's something that is important, which to everyone, to all of us, especially if you're in business, it should be. Please take notes because Greg is sharing so much valuable information. Like I'm, I'm gonna make sure I've already got a few notes over here, Greg. Like. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I mean, I'm, I'm, you just try to be helpful, right? You just do and do and do and fuck up and fuck up and fuck up. And then you share with people your fuck ups so yes. that they don't try to do. It. I think you talked about that on your reels today on Instagram. I yes. think that's what I shared, right? Our, like, our, just like you said, our fuck ups are everything. Our fuck ups are everything. When we make mistakes, that's everything. Our adversity, it, like that's our advantage. Our failures, that's our feedback. Like, like your obstacles, those are opportunities. Your wounds, those are your wisdom. Your mess is your message. Your pain, that's your power. Your mistakes, they have to become your motivation. Like, but people, people are so afraid of all of these things and it, it holds them back from making the decisions that will actually take their life to the next level and then take someone else's life to the next level. So yes, dude, our fuck ups, when we can get to a place where we understand that right now, whatever it is that we're doing, we suck at it. Yep. We're like going to keep sucking at it, but we're going to, as we keep sucking at it, we're going to get better and better and better. We I, just have to suck less, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, I still think that I am terrible at pretty much everything, but I'm also set this bar for myself. I'm like, if yep. you're not, if you're not as good as the best, you're not done. Yep. Like, so 
like I reached a point, like definitely the first few years of everything, it's just like, you just do it just to do it. And I've recently reached a point where it's like, I don't put something out if it's not going to benefit my level even more. Like mm-hmm. I do not release content. Like I shoot shit all the time. I do. I have multiple podcasts where I'm just like not even releasing them because like the sound quality wasn't perfect. And it's yep. kind of like, Hey, like, I'm sorry. Like we kind of wasted an hour. Like at least we got to know each other, but I'm not going to be able to release this podcast because it's not going to benefit either of us to put this out. Um, and so just kind of, and then you kind of get to that point of strength where you're just like, all right, like I am good at this, but there's so many years behind that where it's just like, Hey, I'm just doing like, I don't even care if you like me. I don't care if you think I'm doing a good job. Like my whole point is just to show you that I'm somebody that does this. Mm. Testing. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's helped for me as well. Looking at everything like, um, like we're, like we're scientists and we're trying to just continuously improve. And that in order to, in order to improve, in order to like test and be the scientist, we have to do more because when we do more, we make more mistakes and then we learn from those, those mistakes. And then after we learn from that first mistake, we're going to do some more and then we make another mistake and then we do some more and then we make another mistake. But that's, that's what the journey is about. And that's actually where the fun is. And that's where the, um, the appreciation should be for that journey instead of allowing it to hold us back at times whenever we feel like we don't want to fail. Like, no, failure is actually what's going to push you to have that breakthrough in your life, in your business, in your relationship the mistakes that you make are actually are, are actually the things that are going to teach you what to do next time. And it, it's going to come down to when we experience these things, just taking imperfect action. A lot of people talk about taking like massive action, taking action in general, but I think about taking, like, how can I take imperfect action today? With what can I take imperfect action today with? Because that way I don't have to focus on being perfect. I don't have to focus on like not making mistakes. But when I take that imperfect action, it just allows me to have the courage to step outside of the comfort zone and do something that maybe I haven't done before so I can learn from it and improve and then give. Yeah, I think that and I think that everybody already does all of this without even realizing it. I think that everybody thinks that this personal development stuff is only for like sports or business. But to break it down, like think about just like cooking food for yourself every day. Like if you cook something today, like you got to eat every day. That's just physiology. So you cook something for yourself today. You didn't really like it, but you're like, oh, I can add this next time. I think it'll taste much better. Then you're going to cook it again with that new ingredient and be like, all right, this is better or not. Like, should I just toss this out? Like never cook this again? Or is this good now? And even things like that, like even people that say they don't cook, they're probably pretty damn good at making quesadillas. Or peanut butter and jelly. Like I, I know a lot of people that don't cook, but they'll make me the best damn turkey sandwich I've ever had. <laughs> and even though they're like, I don't know anything about cooking, it's like cool. So it's like taking these things that people already do this, but they're just I feel like there's a disconnect in people where they think that like you have to do things, you have to be like more intentional with business or like with personal development. But it's the same concept it's the same thing it's like you should be doing these things every day and you don't need to be doing that much of it every day to get massive results over time it's just taking the fear out of it like people think it's bigger for some reason like i know that there's a financial aspect because everybody got in this trap of 
you got to have the big house, you got to have the nice car. And like people want these nice clothes. They want to go out and eat. They want to be seen in public looking nice. When in reality, like you don't actually need any of that shit. Dave Ramsey said, live below your means. Exactly. That's the advice that I've ever gotten. It's, it's so much. I would much rather live in a small house that I can just easily afford than in a big house that lots of people want to come over and hang out at. Just because, you know, yeah. I don't have to think about it. Sure. Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, I know I'll be able to pay rent, even if I fuck up a lot this month. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think, too, it's a matter of, I think another, another thing that's played a role in that is, like, people seeing stuff on social media, comparing, and then wanting those things when that's something that, you know, when people have these Lamborghinis, when people have these huge houses, like there's so much work that's went behind that. And it's been such a, um, you know, such a longer time frame than we think about. And for those who compare themselves, they think like, oh man, I want to have that now versus that's something that I want to have later. But right now, live below your means, keep your head down, work hard, be intentional, and then that's going to come with patience if, if, if the foundation of everything you're doing is from a good place. Yeah. And then kind of going with what you're saying, people are only sharing their best or their yes. victories. Like, for no, example, I- yesterday I was at a birthday party in the park and brought out the slack line. And so, you know, I'm walking across slack line and people like took some stories and shared it. And I'm like, yeah, these are cool. It's like, but I'm not going to share it because it was the one where I fell off after two steps. And I'm embarrassed about that. It's like, you didn't film the one where I did a good job. You filmed the one where I did a bad job. And it's like, I don't want to put that out because I'm embarrassed for myself. Cause I was pissed that I fell off that time. It's like, but if it was the good one where I walked across, like, goddamn right. I wouldn't <laughs> put that shit out there. Like, look at me win. Like, I don't want to share me losing. Like, yeah. I think that's but, another thing too, is being able to share those things, like sharing our sharing our valleys, because everybody wants to share the peaks, but not too many people share the valleys. Not too many people share their, you know, their, uh, you know, the hard times within their stories. Yeah, I think that fools people, and they think that oh man, when I see this person, when I see this person over here, they look like everything's perfect. Like no, everyone has struggles, everyone has pains, everyone goes through things. We have to remember that as world social media. <laughs> oh yeah, the Joneses syndrome definitely is magnified a thousandfold on social media. Would it, would... The Joneses system, keeping up with the Joneses. Oh yes. Um, yes, yes like yes. oh, like my neighbor bought a new car, so I need to buy a new car. Those types of things. Like we're <laughs> we're just showcasing our wins in a different place. That's all yeah. we're doing. We're not we're not manicuring our lawn and you know buying the nice toys to show off to the people in our neighborhood. We're doing our makeup and using a filter and doing all that to show off to the world now. This happens more than more than you know, those of who are listening. God, even so like it's so frustrating, especially like being a photographer and you see it and you just all these filters and it's like you're just not real. Like mm-hmm. even even the people that male and female that are just like, you know, gifted in the way of beauty, they're still using filters because they still feel like they need to use them to be as good as the other people on social media. Yep. And it's, it's sad. It's like, 
like you're just chipping away at your soul like little by little you're chipping away at your own self-worth little by little like doing these things like by putting on this mask and people don't even recognize it and see so now now i realize that i should have reshared those stories yesterday because me putting up a video of me sucking at the slack line might have encouraged somebody else to at least try it yep i fucked up yep my pride got in the way and it, and it happens to all of us, man. I'm just society, society has taught us to think this way and compare ourselves to other people, which is the problem. Now we have to unlearn these things. And it's going to be a continuous process. I think it's like continuously pulling back the layers of the banana peel so that we can become who we actually are and not, you know, get out of this habit of comparing ourselves to other people. I, I, when I think about that, I think about like people like, uh, People like Lil Wayne who don't, they don't focus on their competition at all. They don't focus on other people. Like he stays in his own world and stays focused, which allowed him to become like as good as he was. And he, he's never worrying about other people, man. Like, I feel like we can, when we can get to that place and stop comparing ourselves to others. And instead of comparing, if you see someone who, who's achieving something that you want, not only practice experiencing joy for that person and that person's success, but then, hey, how about you reach out and go have a conversation with him? Yeah, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is impressive. I don't think a lot of people realize that Lil Wayne is one of the biggest influencers in decentralizing the music industry. Mm. Lil, Wayne, Lil Wayne got famous and um, his music listened to a lot because he basically sound clouded himself. Because he, he's known for just making just mixtapes. Mixtapes, yep. mixtapes, mixtapes, mixtapes. Like he never joined a label right off the bat. He didn't do any of that shit. He just made hundreds, probably tens of thousands of mixtapes and just put out all the best ones. And he just slowly went viral. He was one of the first musicians to go viral just on his own using mm -hmm. the internet. Um, it's the same thing that Dane Cook did. Dane Cook did not get famous because of... Um, you know, going on tours and going to Comedy Central. Dane Cook was famous because of YouTube. He was one of the first people to capitalize on YouTube and he built an intensely loyal followership because he would make jokes and then share them with his private club of people. And then anytime he went to any stadium anywhere, he would fill it because these people would just come out of the woodwork and they'd be like, how the fuck are you doing this? And then when he got back into comedy, after like his 10 year hiatus, he was filling stadiums again because he still had that loyal followership because he created it on his own. These weren't followers of a label. These weren't followers of Comedy Central. These weren't followers of a nightclub where people just go to see all sorts of them. These were people that were intentionally following that person because yep. they just gave to their followers as much as they could. Yep. And it goes back to what, what we talked about earlier, just making 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 doing 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 exactly make 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 do 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 <laughs> oh man that's great Dude, i can't tell you how much i've absolutely enjoyed this podcast today i think we could probably go on for about eight hours straight we probably could yeah absolutely um, so uh, let's give the people a shout out. Um, tell people where to find you, um, where to find your book. Yeah, so we got we got Clubhouse, um, which I'm absolutely loving. Mm. Because, I mean, I, I got to meet you on there, Greg. 
like that's where we first connected man and i'm so grateful for this uh for this relationship that we have same uh, that's that's diamond hall uh instagram youtube all social media platforms that you can think of tiktok it's all diamond hall d-i-a-m-y-n-h-a-l-l and then feel free to reach out and ask questions. I love, just like I shared on this podcast, you know, I love giving, I love sharing. If you have any questions, don't hold yourself back from asking those questions. Because the one thing that I've learned throughout the course of life is that when we hold those questions that we have in and don't ask people the questions that would actually help us get the answers to succeed, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. The reason why, you know, I've been able to achieve any amount of success in business, any amount of success in life is because that's been my main, that's been my main go-to is ask, 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 ask. Whenever I ask and I don't know something, like I ask someone who, who does know. I remember reaching out to, um, I remember reaching out to Tim Grover. He never reached back out, but you know, I read his book, but it was just the courage of reaching out and asking the questions that I had in an email from reading Relentless. And then I also, even my mentor with the, um, you know, with the uh, with the Cleveland Indians, that's that relationship got built from me just reaching out to him after I read his book and asking like, hey, can you give me more insight on this concept? And the relationship has been incredible. So for all of those of you who are listening, feel free to ask whatever questions that you have. I love that. Yeah. What is the quote? I don't remember. It was like Aristotle or Socrates is uh, the man who asks a question is dumb for a second. The man who doesn't ask the question is dumb for their life. I don't think that's the exact quote, but, but it same makes message. Sense. Yep, same message. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Diamond. Um, we'll definitely have to be doing another one of these someday, follow up with everybody. But yeah, thank you so much for joining today. And I can't wait to see the feedback that we get from this one. Appreciate you having me, Greg.